story three of the crimson gardenia and other tales of adventure by rex beach this librivox recording is in the public domain story three innocencio part two signor bill williams was in a fine rage didn't you like your job he questioned innocencio shrugged languidly oh yes the job was good you knew i'd fire you see the american tempered his indignant glare with a hint of curiosity you must love that sandblast girl what do you say you must love her better than your job at least see si, senor i suppose so what is she like innocencio well she is like other women all women are alike only some are fat one time i had a female from martinique and she acted just the same as this one hm if she is like all the others what the devil made you do it signor you have plenty of money and yet one night i saw you bet two thousand pesos on the rouge why did you do that eh that is altogether different the haitian smiled i am tired of these females at cologne they are common people very common then too those san blas people they are so scared that somebody is going to steal a woman maybe if they had left me asleep on shore i would never have noticed no woman at all but they don't trust me so sure enough i steal one and you say she came willingly queried williams incredulously oh yes when her people commanded her to jump from my schooner she refused them i did not understand at the time but by and by she told me he swelled his chest with pride i guess she never seen so brave a man as me before eh senor i guess i never will sabe you niggers acknowledged the american innocencio corrected his recent employer but without show of the slightest heat i am no nigger senor i am haitian she is san blas indian my father was not even so dark as me black men have thick heads and you have to beat them but nobody ever beat me not even a white man when those niggers sleep i lie awake and study i make schemes that is why i left haiti do you understand that you've got me into a hell of a fix i've got to take a trip down there myself to square things innocencio lighted a black cigarette and blew the smoke through his nose evidently other people's troubles did not concern him recognizing the futility of reproach or indignation the former speaker continued but see here now this girl you can't keep her ah who's going to take her away interrogated the haitian quickly bah one man tried that and i killed him with my machete his thin lips drew back at the memory and for an instant his yellow face showed a hint of what had made his reputation she won't stay with you oh yes she will she was wild very wild at first but she will stay and how about her people they're bad hombres even the government lets them alone fortunately for you they won't make no trouble about that marquina he is quite dead i think by jove you're a cold-blooded brute signor you told me once that nobody had ever married a san blas female eh yes even the old spaniards tried it but the blood is clean so far something unusual too in this country innocencio began to laugh silently as if at a joke some day maybe you will see a san blas half-breed playing in the streets of cologne said he i don't believe it i'll bet you my wages two hundred pesos come i'll show you you get out of here said the american roughly that's something i don't allow anybody to joke about 
and when the mulatto had gone he continued aloud by heaven this is sure a tough country for a white man innocencio strode through the streets toward the swamp that lies behind the town oblivious to the grilling midday heat that smote him from above from the concrete walks beneath and from the naked walls on every side it was before the days of the american occupation and the streets were nothing more than open cesspools the stench from which offended sorely buzzards flapped among the naked children at play in the mire beside the sewer ditches the place was filled with everything unhealthy and had long been known as the earth's great festering sore neither the orient nor the farthest tropics boasted another spot like cologne or aspinwall as it had been called with its steaming hip-deep streets and its brilliant flowering graveyards so hateful had it proved in fact that when seamen signed articles binding themselves to work their ships into any corner of the globe they inserted a clause exempting them from entering aspinwall now however the town was lively for this was the dry season when the fever was at its lowest and the resorts were filled with the flotsam and jetsam of a tropic world it was a polyglot town moreover set upon a fever-ridden mangrove isle serving as one terminus of the world's short-cut and in it had collected all the parasites that live upon the moving herd the french work of digging had but served to augment the natural population by a no less desperate set from overseas and now from the open doors of their cubbyholes women of every colour greeted the passer-by innocencio whose last exploit was already a thing of gossip received unusual attention there being no colour line in cologne town white yellow and black women fawned upon him and bade him cherry but he merely paused to listen or to fan their admiration by a word then idled onward pleased at the notice he evoked once fairly out of the pest hole he threaded his way through the swamp toward the other shore of the island blue land crabs scuttled among the mangrove roots at his approach the place was noisy with the hum of insects on every hand the heated mud gave forth a sound like the smack of huge moist lips but on the other side he came into a different domain here the sea breeze banished the hovering miasma the shore was of powdered coral sand a litter of huts drowsed beneath a grove of cocoa palms while a fleet of cayucas lay moored to stakes inside the breakers or bleaching in the sun captain innocencio was a person of some importance here for besides his occupation as a trader he exacted toll from a score or more of lazy blacks they were a lawless crew gathered from the remotest corners of the indies composed of jamaicans bayans and st lucians all reared to easy life and ripe for such an occasional crafty pilgrimage as innocencio might devise they had gathered around him naturally paying him scant revenue to be sure yet offering a certain loyalty that had its uses although the village was but a mile from the town itself innocencio's word was law when the colombian soldiers were called upon to visit the spot they came in numbers never singly the girl was seated on the rickety porch of his cabin her feet drawn under her her chin upon her knees the other women were gossiping loudly staring at her from a distance but her black eyes only smouldered sullenly he swore at the curious negro wenches and sent the girl about her household duties then stretched himself in the shade and eyed her complacently until he fell asleep 
it was a week later that one of his men came to him breathlessly to announce that the san blas indians were in the town how many queried inocencio four boatloads did they come to trade oh yes boss this was no unusual thing for they often displayed their little cargoes of nuts and fruits and vegetables upon the waterfront inocencio rose lazily and stretched then calling the woman explained the tidings to her i will go see them he announced finally oh boss cried the black man they will kill you he shrugged his brawny shoulders and thrusting the machete beneath his arm took the trail out through the mangrove swamp straight to the cologne waterfront he went and there flaunted himself before the men from down the coast here and there he strolled casting back their looks of hatred with a bravado that attracted all the idlers in the neighbourhood wenches nudged one another and tittered nervously pointing him out and telling anew the story of his daring men watched him with wondering admiration and he heard them murmuring ah oh, that inocencio el diablo and so brave he would fight an army see the great arms of him and the eye like a tiger it was the keenest pleasure he had ever tasted as for his enemies they kept their silence they bartered their stock and having made their purchases raised sail and scudded away down the coast whence they had come inocencio got drunk that night for who could withstand the lavish flattery that poured from every cantina up and down the length of bottle alley who could resist the smiles of the chalk-faced females of cash street all eager to laud his bravery some time before morning he reeled into his shack beneath the palms to find the woman waiting fearfully he cursed at her for staring at him so and fell upon his bed in the months that followed he seldom lost an opportunity of showing himself to the san blas men when they came to town but in time this pleasure palled as all others had for the woman's kindred seemed incapable of resentment gradually also he became accustomed to her presence and spent much of his time among the women of cash street on one occasion he returned from an orgy of this sort to find her talking to one of his men a young barbadian with a giant frame it was only by accident due to the liquor in him that his hand went wild and he missed killing the fellow then he beat the woman unmercifully chancing to meet the senor williams on the street some time later he said buenos dias senor you see captain inocencio is still alive and the woman has not run away his former employer grunted as if neither phenomenon were worthy of comment i've heard how you rub it into those san blas fellows williams remarked i can't understand why they never avenged marquina bah they have heard of me said the haitian boastfully then with a grin you remember our bet senor i never made you a bet the american denied hotly but i've a mind to i've been here ten years and i think i know those people two hundred pesos you'll never have a child by her they won't allow it they'll get her and you too in ample time i tell you their blood is clean two hundred pesos that she brings me a san blas half-breed within two months smiled the mulatto insolently and williams exclaimed i'll do it it's worth two hundred silver to see a miracle bueno i'll bring him to you when he comes thereafter inocencio gave over beating the woman 
back at the little settlement beyond the swamp the coming event did not pass without comment and although the black women were kind to their straight-haired neighbor she never made friends with them nor did she ever accompany inocencio to town on the contrary she seemed obsessed by an ever-present dread and whenever she heard that her own people were near she concealed herself and did not appear again until they were gone bred into her deepest conscience was the certainty that her tribe would make desperate attempt to preserve its most sacred tradition and hence as the days dragged on and her condition became more pronounced her fears increased likewise she began to look forward to the birth of the child as the crisis upon which her own life hinged inocencio did his best to dissipate her fears explaining boastfully that the mere mention of his name was ample protection for her and did he wish it not even the army of the republic could take her from him but still she would not be convinced and then in the dark of the december moon the expected came it was that season when the rains were at their heaviest when rust and rot might be felt by the fingers a gray mold had crept over all things indoors a myriad of insect pests burdened the air in the rare intervals between showers every faintest draught deluged the huts from the dripping palm leaves overhead from the swamp arose a noxious vapor whenever the sun exposed itself tree toads shrilled incessantly outside the surf maintained its sullen murmur through the gloom of starless nights its phosphorescent outlines rushed across the reef like phantom serpents in parade in the dead of a night like this the visitors arrived even the heavy animal slumber of the blacks was broken by the scream that issued from the hut of captain inocencio and then the sound of such fighting the negroes might have rushed to the assistance of their leader had it not been for the echo of that awful woman cry hovering over the village like a shadow it filled the air and hung there saturating the breathless night with such unnameable terror that the awakened children began to whimper and the women buried their heads in the ragged bedding to keep it out death was among them and the bravest cowered while through the quivering silence there came the sounds of a mighty combat lasting for such an interminable time that the listeners became hysterical at length they discovered that the night was dead again save for the sudden patter of raindrops on the thatches when the palm fronds stirred one of them called shrilly another answered but they did not venture forth afterward they fancied they had heard the thrust of paddles in the lagoon and strange voices dwindling away to seaward but they were not sure eventually however the stillness got upon them more fearfully than the former noises and they stirred then in time they heard the voice of inocencio himself cursing faintly as if from a great distance a light showed through the cracks of a hut and nicholas the least timid emerged with a lantern held on high he summoned the rest around him then went toward the black shadow of inocencio's dwelling with a score of wide-eyed dusky faces at his shoulder the door was down and from the threshold they could see what the front room contained it was nicholas who with clattering teeth and nerveless fingers dragged a blanket from the bed and covered the woman's figure it was he who traced the feeble voice to the wreck of a room behind and strove to lift inocencio out of the welter in which he lay 
but the haitian blasted him with curses for opening his wounds so they propped him against the wall by his direction and bound him about with strips torn from the mattress then he called for a cigarette and its ashes were upon his breast when the french doctor arrived from the hospital on the point when the white man's work was done the mulatto addressed him weakly will monsieur do me a great favor certainly monsieur is acquainted with the american signor williams oui will monsieur le docteur please to tell him that captain innocencio has won his wager i don't understand listen in the room yonder under the bed monsieur will find a little boy baby rolled up in a blanket the woman heard them at the door and she was just in time oh she knew they would be coming the french doctor nodded his comprehension but your wife herself said he perhaps when you are well again you can have your vengeance the soldiers will bah what is the use interrupted intensencio the world is full of women then strangely enough he bared his yellow teeth in a smile of rarest tenderness but this boy of mine they came to kill him monsieur and to show that the san blas blood cannot be crossed but the woman was too quick of wit they did not find him praise god le docteur has seen many children perhaps but never a child like this he ran on with the father's tender boastfulness monsieur will note the back and the legs of him and see he did not even cry poor little man oh he is like his father for bravery he will be my vengeance for he has the san blas blood in him he will be a man like me too bring him to me quickly i must see him again he was still babbling fondly to the negroes about him when the doctor reappeared empty-handed the child is dead said the white man simply in the silence innocencio rose to a sitting posture his fierce eyes grew wild with a fright that had never been there until this moment then before they could prevent him he had gained his feet he waved them aside and went into the room of death walking like a strong man a candle guttering beside the open window betrayed the utter nakedness of the place with one movement of his great bony hands he ripped the planks of the bed asunder and stared downward then he turned to the east and raising his arms above his head gave a terrible cry he began to sway and even as the doctor leaped to save him he fell with a crash it was nicholas who told the priest that the french doctor would not let them move him for he lay upon his face at the feet of the san blas woman his arms flung outward like the arms of a cross end of story three part two